0: hi i'm edwin and i'm andrew sound the battle cry two men 15 minutes eternal impact welcome to text talk good
1: morning edwin good morning andrew happy friday man happy friday can you believe we've already gone through
0: another week actually i can oh no it's it's been a long week I, i broke my headphones you did break your headphones Folks, that's how hard we're working at Text Talk. (laughs) We we are wearing out headphones. Hopefully by Monday I'll have a new set and we'll be able to move along. I hope so too. Uh, You know, Friday though, we always like to invite anyone that's in the Tampa area this weekend. Come out and worship with us. All the information you need for that is at christiansmeethere.org christiansmeethere.org which by the way reminds me we love to get emails from anyone listening along and that email address is texttalk at christiansmeethere.org talk at christiansmeethere.org so today we're wrapping up our reading on our devotions in Matthew chapter 5
1: yes I want to start in verse 38 and I'm going to read all the way to the end of the chapter I will be reading from the English Standard Version And pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and send rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be
0: perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect are we Ouch. are we getting a different picture here of what it means to be godly than than what has been presented before and by that i mean again i see a contrast here given this first audience their teachers have been these scribes and pharisees now jesus is their teacher is he is he painting a different picture than what they've heard
1: well i listen Honestly, I think at the end of this chapter, they're getting a little bit different picture than they probably had at the beginning of the chapter, or at least partway through. When Jesus at one point says, your righteousness needs to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, that still sounds a little bit like comparison. Okay. I, need be, I need to be better than these guys. Now he wraps—well, I know it wasn't a chapter for him, but as we're reading it, wraps up this chapter with, yeah, I'm not just saying that you need to be— a little better than the scribes and the Pharisees. The, the the comparison here that we need to make when it comes to righteousness is not between us and Gentiles and tax gatherers. It's not between us and scribes and Pharisees. It's actually between us and God.
0: God is the standard. Yeah, and, he, and God is called here the Father, your Father, mm-hmm. you know, which which harkens back to the Beatitudes we were reading earlier in the week, particularly in Matthew five verse nine, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What a what a powerful thing that is, and a precious thing that is, to be called sons of God, not just servants of God, not slaves of God, but sons of
1: God. And so the way I get to actually be a peacemaker Mm -hmm. and a son of God
0: is to love people the way the father loves people. Yeah. And it wasn't just uh, the contrast here in verse 43, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now I know where it says, even in the law of Moses, you shall love your neighbor. That's in the book of Leviticus, but hate your enemy that's not in the book of Leviticus. That is not. Leviticus 19 tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves,
1: mm-hmm. which is where that second greatest command comes and actually has some great illustrations about how to pull that off. And what Jesus highlights is that the kind of love I'm talking about, though, is not just for those who love me. Yeah. It's, it's for those who hate me. Here's, okay, so let's just point this out. How much of this particular teaching takes us back to the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. You've already brought in the Peacemaker,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he also talked about being persecuted. Mm-hmm. At The last Beatitude is blessed are those who are persecuted. I'm still supposed to be a peacemaker with those who are persecuting me. That's right. I'm still supposed to love those who are persecuting me. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that when he went into that kind of addendum on the Beatitudes and yeah. it now starts actually addressing you, all those Beatitudes were third person. Then in the very end, he goes to now blessed are you right. when you are persecuted, when you are reviled for your reward in heaven is great. Now we get to this thing about love is, well, I mean. But only if you face the persecution with love. Because if you don't face the persecution with love, actually you don't have a reward. Mm. And so we're, we're tying back. So we've got the being the sons of God, which is the peacemakers. We've got the 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 idea of loving your enemies, even though they are persecuting you. All of these things are getting us back to there. The reward in heaven keeps pointing us back to where this whole sermon started.
0: Well, and, and even to dovetail with what we were talking about a little bit yesterday and these heart issues— He talks about murder really beginning in a heart. And, and, you know, that view of your enemies has to be changed, has to be transformed to loving enemies. I mean, it's it's really remarkable blessing when they curse you, doing good to those that hate you, praying for those that spitefully use you. It's changing the heart towards these enemies, towards these folks, and then then the attitudes and the words change as well. Later in the sermon we're going to hear what we often
1: call the golden rule, right? Which says that I'm supposed to treat others the way I want to be treated. Correct. And what all this what we see here, let me say it this way, what we see here is all of these things we've read in this chapter actually have led up to this point that If I'm going to deal with my anger properly, if I'm going to deal with my lust and fornication properly, if I'm going to deal with my honesty properly, here's where it's all going to lead. It's going to lead to loving like God loves because Mm -hmm. when I love like God loves, I don't hate. Mm -hmm. When I love like God loves, I'm not apathetic. When I love like God loves, I don't break my covenants. When I love like God loves, I don't lie and I don't try to get away with things. When I love like God loves, I don't take retaliation
0: and I don't try to it back at people. I actually go the extra mile. And I love that about the extra mile, thinking about loving like God loves. I mean, really, this is pictures here of of grace, of doing more than what is required. This business of an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth, also out of Leviticus, was not about vengeance. And and I think that's something that ought to be clarified. Mm. The whole purpose of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was to curb vengeance. Yes. Let's have justice. Let's let it be appropriate reprisal for wrongs done, wrongs suffered. But now you take another step to say, okay, there, there's justice, but what if I forego that? For forgiveness? What if I forgo, forgo that for mercy and for blessing another person? What is just to walk um, one mile? That was the deal with the Romans. They that was come, the law. That was the, the law. They can compel you to go one mile. And, and I think about practically what a humiliating experience that would be, that somebody could just be walking down the road and tell you, put down your plow, plow or your pack or whatever you got going on. You're going to be my slave now for one mile, and so now you're taking this walk of shame with somebody for a mile, toting their load. So, okay, let's, let's say we were going to be just the best that the world
1: has to offer, and we were going to try to say something like this. Um, what would we expect to actually be said here? I, most of the time these guys are, oh, I don't want to do that, I'm going to push back, I'm going to grumble. I think what we might expect Jesus to say here is if anyone forces you to go with him one mile, do it without complaining. Yeah. Whistle while you do it. Whistle while you do it. He actually takes it beyond that. Yeah. It's not just do it without complaining, it's do it without complaining and then do it some more without complaining. Go one more mile. Uh, don't resist the one who's evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, just take it. Just mm-hmm. take it? Yeah. No, no. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, let them have the other one. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. If if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, hey, you know what? Don't make a big deal out of it. Just let it go. No, no. Go ahead and give them your cloak also give to the one who begs from you do not refuse the one who would borrow from you this is and all of this is a part of not resisting the one who is evil that's that's the thing here it, th- these are all illustrations of not resisting the evil person this is not just
0: hey my friend this is the
1: evil person and then he moves into
0: love even your enemies. But, but I see this as a picture of how the Father does love enemies. It is how he loves sinners. We have been the people who have so disregarded and violated the law of God, and yet he is willing to be merciful and go an extra mile. He is willing to be merciful and to forgive and, and turn the cheek when we're the ones slapping, you know, we're the ones acting out in sin and violation against God. When Jesus was struck with the scourge the first time, what did he do? Yeah. He took the second one. He took
1: the second one. And the third one. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one. And however many they did, because the Romans didn't have a limitation on how many times to hit him. Yeah. When they put the cross on his back and said, you go walk that mile. How far did he walk? Yeah. He walked all the way. We have begged and pleaded for mercy and forgiveness. And what has he done? Mm -hmm. He has given it to us. Which gets now to the part that really just causes me issues with this last paragraph because the final sentence is be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. (laughs) Now look, here's, I I know what I've read this and I've heard Christians and preachers, even gospel preachers, they come to this and they get to this, this sentence and, um, Oh, Hey, guys, don't let that bother you too much because that word perfect. I mean, really, that just means whole means complete. It it means mature. It doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean like be sinless. But my the, the thing that I respond to that is, look, I don't care what you change that word to because the modifier is as the father is. Yeah. And so I don't care if you change it to mature. I mean, if all it said was mature, I might feel a little better about that. But it says as mature as the father is mature or complete as the father is complete or whole as the father is whole. I don't care what word you change that to. It doesn't make it better for me because I'm not perfect as the father is perfect. But guess what else I'm not? I'm not mature as the father is mature. I'm not complete as the father is complete. I am not whole as the father is whole. What am I supposed to do with this?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I see this as the the application and the fleshing out again of these Beatitudes. All right. explain. That- well explain okay so first when I realize I'm not any of those things well I am learning to be poor in spirit all right I'm seeing that yes I am I am you know with that knowledge going to mourn for my situation uh, my hunger for righteousness uh, okay that's going to grow because I see what real righteousness is. You know, all of these sorts of things, and then uh, application then, I guess, of the need to solely uh, pursue God, to be pure in heart for God, that acts out then in mercy towards others and all such as this. You can go through the list. I think you see what I'm saying, that, that what we have here, what we have here is in following Jesus, in being his kingdom and his kingdom citizens here, we are, as best as we can, bringing God and reflecting God into this world, into this great redemptive work. Likewise, if we are not uh, in this transformation and pursuing these things, we are kidding ourselves. We are hypocrites at best that we are the kingdom of God, that we are the people of God. I've often wondered why the
1: introduction to this sermon is the Beatitudes rather than the thing about, hey, I'm... I'm the fulfillment of the law, so I'm about to teach you some hard things, but you better listen up. Because that, Hmm. to me, sounds more like the introduction to the sermon. I've often wondered, why does he start with this list of blessings and beatitudes? And I think it's because everything he's going to go through is actually going to drive me back to the very first sentence— blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Because you see, what I start to do when I hear these commandments is think blessed is the person who does these really, really well and who works at them really, really hard. The problem is I keep looking at them and realizing I'm falling short. I am not perfect as the Father is perfect, which is what drives me back to the poverty of spirit. It's what makes me mourn. But the, the realization that I don't and can't and haven't kept these uh, principles, does not give me the freedom to relax them, because what was the next beatitude? Meekness. Mm -hmm. And then the next one, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So as I walk through these things, the issue is not, I, I get righteousness because I'm really, 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 really good at keeping all these things Jesus is about to say. I get righteousness because I realize how bad I am at it. And so I surrender to Jesus. He's the only one that can provide. But I don't use that as a freedom to ignore what he says. Rather, I continue to pursue it and meekly surrender to him and hunger and thirst for the righteousness that he offers. Mm -hmm. And that's what produces the
0: growth in those others. Absolutely. We have this ideal that we are pursuing, and it is to be perfect like the Father. It is to be like Jesus. We're disciples of him. And we're starting to see here in Matthew 5 just what all that looks like. It's really wonderful. We're so glad that you've joined us for Matthew 5 this week. Uh, Again, love to hear from you. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, why don't you uh, lead us in a word of prayer today? Holy God. Uh, Once again,
1: I really have but one request perfect us, perfect us, grow us by your love in love. We love you, Father. It's through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutes, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty
0: throne. <laughs> this is derailed. This is I don't know there. why my mind went there. Like, <laughs> actually, we do have headphones. <laughs> Can we start that one over? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm ready.